Welcome, welcome, welcome to TikToking. I am your host, Kevin T. Hughes. That is me. And I'm so excited for this guest today because I am now a huge fan of his music. It's just absolutely incredible. If you haven't heard of Architect the Dreamer, you need to look him up now. His vocals are just insane. It was so much fucking fun talking to him and hearing his story. And I can't believe how similar him and I are as far as our mindsets go and, and the journeys that we're on. And I'm, I'm really excited for this one. So without further ado, guys, here's Architect the Dreamer. Enjoy. Tick-tocking, tick-tocking, where creators come to play. Tick-tocking, tick-tocking, find out what they have to say. Tick-tocking, tick-tocking, fascinating interview. Tick-tocking, tick-tocking, tick-tocking with Kevin Hughes. Architect the Dreamer, what's up, man? How's it going, man? Thanks so much for having me on. <laughs> yeah, I'm super stoked about this. So... I recently discovered you, you, you had a video that blew up where you were stitching, um, that's Dax. Yeah. And it was, it was a rap video where he basically, uh, I think he was lip syncing if I'm not. Yeah. Mistaken. It's, it's called, it's the, the trend is called an open verse challenge. A lot of artists do it where they'll take a song that they've already released and they'll remove their, their part from it and they'll just leave an mm. open verse and then they put it out there to TikTok and they say, Hey, write your verse. What would you do with this? Um, and it's a lot of fun. I do it a lot. A lot of artists do it. Um, I'm on both ends of it. I've put mine out there and had people do it to me. And then I like doing it to, to other artists. And I got lucky enough that Dax saw it and loved it enough to post it on his page. So, <laughs> well, I could tell you, I went on his page and I actually like, you can click on something that shows you everybody that stitched it and the different ones. You were by far the best. Man. Oh, I appreciate those that. lyrics. <laughs> Did you write those lyrics specifically for that? Yeah. I, everything that I do for TikTok videos, I write specifically for them. Yeah. Yeah. That was amazing. And I loved actually your video too, because you almost made it like a, a music video type vibe. It was red yeah. in the background. It was just really cool. And <laughs> dude, I was like, how have I not seen this guy? Like this guy is incredible. <laughs> I appreciate And then that. I start, yeah. And then I started looking up your stuff and you have like a, a rock and rap vibe. Yeah. And, uh, I'm curious, which one do you enjoy doing more? Cause you're phenomenal at both. I appreciate that. Um, something that I say a lot is that I'm genre fluid, just kind of a play on words. Um, cause I, I have a lot of influences. I'm a hip hop kid at heart. That's like kind of my roots. Um, my first album I ever bought was Illmatic by Nas. And then I think the second one was Year of the Dog by DMX. So I was like nine years old when I got those and just fell in love with it. Um, we kind of moved around a lot when I was a kid and then finally moved to Michigan when I was like nine and um, ended up going to an all black school for a couple of years and just kind of got real thrown into like hip hop culture and uh, just the way that that hip hop, unlike I think really any other genre is able to convey emotion is something that I really, even as a kid, like fell in love with. And then as I kind of grew into an artist myself, it seemed to be 
the best way that I could get my own feelings out. And for me, my music is, is therapy. It's how I work through things. It's how I get my feelings out. I'm not really, I'm not really one that's going to like go out of my way and talk about my feelings with people because it makes me uncomfortable and I'm introverted and I don't like having those kind of conversations. But when I'm, I'm making music, that barrier kind of disappears and I'm kind of able to like really express myself in a true authentic way. And fortunately for me, that has really resonated with a lot of my followers and a lot of my fans. Um, I mean, the world we live in right now, there's so much shit going on everywhere and, and, and there's a lot of dark and terrible things happening and a lot of people struggling with really hard stuff. And so, um, I'm not exempt from that. And that comes out of my music a lot. And a lot of people have resonated with it. So like hip hop is kind of at my core, but like, I'm also a pop punk emo kid. Like I, I, I toured and played in, in emo and metal bands, punk bands when I was in my late teens and early twenties. That's kind of how I got my start, like out in the world making music. Uh, and then kind of took a break from music for a while and came back in 2018 and started doing stuff again. And I didn't really want to have to rely on anybody else. And, and the thing about being a solo artist is I can do everything myself. And at the time I, I didn't know how to produce. I didn't know how to engineer. I didn't know how to do anything. And I started from scratch recording shitty vocals into audacity and doing my best to like throw them on a beat I grabbed from YouTube and make it sound semi-decent. And then just kind of started developing those skills. And at first it was just easier to do hip hop. I could go on beat stars. I could buy a beat and then I could just record over it. And it was great. Uh, as I kind of got better at what I was doing, I learned how to, well, I've always been a musician. I play guitar. I play piano. I play bass. Uh, drums is about the only thing I can't play. And so I started wanting to make my own stuff, make my own music instead of just like going and buying somebody else. So I, I bought FL studio and I started learning how to produce. And, um, I, I was already a vocal major in, in college. I sang opera. I'm classically trained as a vocalist. So I already have like the musical background. So when I started actually producing, it got a lot easier. And when I started, I started with just hip hop because that was easy for me. I didn't really have to rely on anybody else. I could sit in my bedroom. I could be depressed. I could write some bars and then I could just throw it on a track. And that's kind of where everybody told me to stay at first. They were like, you got to find your lane. You got to stick in it. That's what you got to do. That's how you're going to make it. You got to find your lane and that's how you're going to make it. And to be honest, I started getting a little bored. Like I, 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 I felt there was a lot of repetition in what I was doing and it didn't, I felt like I was losing my spark in my creativity. And so I was like, I'm going to, I want to make a fucking pop punk record. So I'm going to make a pop punk record. So I actually, it's coming up on a year. Um, my second album uh, is called Broken Complete, and it's a straight up pop punk metal record. There's two straight up metalcore tracks on it. A lot of pop punk stuff, some like acoustic, um, kind of, of more low key chill stuff on there. But I was just like, I hit that point where I was like, I'm just going to make what I want to make. And sometimes I feel like making a happy go lucky pop punk song. Sometimes I feel like making like a, a, a beast mode banger that you can put on at the gym. Sometimes I feel like making something super introspective and, and, and just like pouring my feelings out on a page. And I didn't want to feel like I was trapped in a genre because I think there's certain things that can be an ex that can be expressed differently depending on what style of music you're making. Uh, and 
I also like have this background as a singer and I was just rapping and I, I sort of felt, and I had people telling me like, you're wasting your talent. Like you, you have, you have such a great singing voice. You need to start incorporating that in what you're doing. And so I started incorporating that a little bit into the hip hop stuff. And then I just like had this desire to do something completely different. And that's when I started, I made that broken complete album. It's an eight track album. I made that in like four months. Um, and I was just like, I, I got everything put together. I wrote it super. I can't freestyle. I can't like do stuff off the top of my head, but I dare you to find somebody who's a faster writer than me. Like I can write, I, I just need that extra like second or two for, for, for it to, for it to come through. I can't do it quite off the top, but I can write, I can write an entire song in 10 minutes and I I've done it many, many times. Um, and that's what happened with that record is I think there was all this like, like, pent up aggression from not being able to do anything but hip hop for like two years. And it all just came pouring out in that album. And I had just gone through a divorce and, um, I, well, through a separation and was going through a divorce when I was writing that album. And then I had met my current girlfriend who like made me believe in love again. Cause I was like, I, I had been with my ex-wife for 12 years and, uh, since I was 19. And that was something that like, when that separation happened, I was just wrecked. And, um, that album was kind of the culmination of like, if you listen to it, it's, it's kind of a, you can see and hear the progression in lyrics and content from being like really angry, uh, bitter and, and just like hating life into like finding new life, like it with, with my girlfriend and, and, and with other aspects of my life that I finally felt like I got back things that I had lost in my previous relationship. I lost myself in that relationship. And so as I kind of found myself again, that's that album to me will always be, even though a lot of what I do is still hip hop, that album is so special to me because it's, it's this time capsule of, of that year of my life and everything that I had gone through and the feelings that poured out. And there's so much closure in those records in so many of the songs that I have on there. Um, so I, I don't really have a favorite. Like I, it, it really depends on my mood. There's sometimes it depends on what I'm listening to as well. So for instance, like, I don't know if you're familiar with the rapper Whit Lowry. Um, he's, I'm not, no. he's a phenomenal, phenomenal rapper and a, an amazing storyteller. And he's not the kind that are, that's going to drop a bunch of double entendres and things like that. He tells stories through his music, similar to NF and, and similar to like kind of that vein of, of hip hop. And like, he just dropped a new album, uh, this week and I've been listening to it on repeat. And there's, I just find so much motivation from listening to other people do what they love. And it makes me want to do it even more. So like right now I'm kind of on a hip hop kick. I've got, I've got, uh, two new songs dropping at the beginning of the year, one in January, one in February. I've got a, um, an EDM dubstep hip hop project with a couple other producers that we have our first single dropping on new year's Eve. So I've got a lot of things in the works and this is kind of where I'm at right now, but three months from now, I might be like, you know what? I want to make another pop punk record, pop punk record. So it, it just kind of depends on what I'm feeling, what I'm listening to at the time. Um, if an album comes out that I really resonate with and I, and I feel inspired by that and, and want to do something similar to that, then that's what I'll do. <laughs> yeah. I, I, can relate a hundred percent because I also went through a divorce and I was, I was a mess, a yeah. complete mess. But then, you know, as time went on, 
like you said, you find yourself again and it's amazing the things that you realize or recover from yourself that you forgot you had. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I never, I guess I never would have thought that something like this, what I'm doing now would have been in the mix if Mm. I had stayed in a relationship that I thought I enjoyed, but realized I didn't after Mm -hmm. the fact, you know? Yeah. And it's just crazy to me. And, and you know, what, what always seems bad can always turn good in the future if you allow it to take its course, you know? Yeah. And so I completely agree. Now with that, that, that stacks, um, little, uh, video you did. Yeah. So when I first started listening to it and you were rapping at first and I was like, okay, this is amazing. And then you went into like (laughs) the singing part of it. Like you mix the, 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 the rap and the rock kind of together. Yeah. And I, I love that shit. Like I grew up, (laughs) you know, nineties. Lincoln Park's my favorite band of all time. So (laughs) yes. And and that's another thing I was going to say. I I watched some of your YouTube and that Lincoln uh, park cover. You did the one more light. uh, One more light. Yeah. Yeah. Was phenomenal. Thank you. And I just, uh, I guess, do you have anything out that I haven't heard or possibly in the making where you mix that rock and that rap together? So I haven't done that a ton. Um, I actually, my song that's dropping in January, the hook for that is very grungy and, and very like vocally, it's very gritty. Um, it's not smooth, which is kind of funny because my verse for that is very post Maloney. It's very like melodic rap. Yeah. And, and the hook is very like, like if you change the, the music in the background of that, it could very well be like, like an alternative kind of a song. Um, and I like to do that. I, I do voice acting. Um, I do lots of other things. I, my dad was in radio for most of my childhood and I've always kind of been that around that along with being a music major in college, I was a journalism major. So that's something where I love messing with my voice and Kendrick Lamar has actually been probably the biggest influence for me on that. Because if you listen to his discography, every single song sounds different. He does something with his voice different. Like he can go to talking like this and then he can come down and he can talk like this and in the same track. And you're like, is this even the same guy? Like, did he get a feature? It's like, no, that's just, he knows how to contort his voice in a way that is, is so cool. And that that's something that inspires me constantly to attempt different things to, to do different things, to manipulate my voice. Um, and so like I've, that song in January that's coming out, it's called IDK and it's with my buddy, metallic Alec, um, which go check him out. He's dope. He's this young kid from, from Arkansas. Uh, and that song is, is, is a hip hop song, but it, there's so many different elements. I feel like in that, that it's, it's just kind of a cool mix. That being said, I have one song that incorporates screaming, singing, and rapping. And it's my song, Beggar. It's off of Broken Complete. It's the second track off of that. And it's pretty much a straight-up metalcore track. Um, so it's full screaming throughout the whole verses. And then it's a melodic, like this really like um, soaring, powerful, powerful hook. And then the bridge is straight-up me rapping. So it, it's like screaming, singing, and then bridge, and I'm rapping over it. And that was kind of the first time that I had done that in my own in my own stuff. Um, it's something that I do actually want to do more of. I have I have a hard time because I 
as much as I love Lincoln Park and, and I'm okay with people like saying, oh, I can hear the influence. Mike Shinoda is my favorite producer. He's my favorite. Like he's, he's in my top five of my top favorite, favorite, my favorite MCs of all time. Uh, I think he's an incredible writer. I think he's an incredible um, producer and musician and everything, but I don't want to, I don't want people to say, oh, he's just trying to do Lincoln Park. I, like I want when people, and I think when I started off, when I was doing the hip hop, I did a lot of the like really emotional, um, sad minor key hip hop songs. And I got thrown into this box with NF and I love NF and I think NF's amazing. Um, he, he grew up two hours away from where I grew up. Like I, I, I think he's incredible at what he does. And, and I definitely have like, there are songs that I have where like, I'm in my NF bag. Like it's, it's very much in that vein, but I don't want to be put into that box. I don't, I don't want people to look at me and say, Oh, that's just an NF ripoff or that's just an Eminem ripoff or that's an MGK ripoff or whatever. I want people to look at me and be like, Oh, that's architect, the dreamer. Like that's, he's his own thing. And I think I've finally kind of gotten to that point. The first few years when I was kind of gaining traction, I don't think I'd quite fully found myself as an artist yet, even though like I'm, I'm about to turn 33, like I've been doing this for almost two decades, like as far as making music. Um, and it's crazy that even at this age, I'm like finally now settling into like who I feel like I am as an artist. And I think that if you listen to, I mean, I've got four albums out, I've got, um, and you can see the progression in my life too. Like, um, not to get too much into this, but like I used to be a Christian. Now I'm not. So like that was something that was an element in my music before. And it's in the, the, the content has completely changed as far as like um, going from super clean to now being explicit in a lot of songs and things like that. And you can kind of see that progression. Um, but I think if you listen to all of my music as a collective whole, uh, which there's a lot of it on and it's streaming everywhere, I think you can, you can solidly say like, this is architect, the dreamer, this is ATD. These all fit with who he is. And as you get to like, know me as a person, and if you follow me on social media and you get to know my personality, you come in my lives, you do things like that. I think you begin to realize that like my music really is like a, a reflection of, of who I am and the different aspects of who I am, maybe a little bit more bombastic, maybe a little bit more extreme or aggressive or whatever, but they're all parts of me that, that come out through what I do. Um, but I, I mean, I have songs that like every, the number of like people that say I sound like somebody else is cause, cause the, it's kind of human nature, you know, like you hear somebody and you're just like, Oh, that kind of sounds like so-and-so. Uh, yeah. You, and want, I, you automatically want to compare. Yeah. And that that's just, yeah. And I try to take it as a compliment. Like I, I have people commenting on my stuff and they're like, Oh my God, this sounds like post Malone. And I'm like, I fucking love post post is amazing. Yeah. Like he's, he's my, he's at the top of my list for like dream collaborations. Like I, I, I would die a happy man if I made a song with post Malone. Um, or I, I have people compare me to NF it, in that Dax video. I had people comparing me to tech nine, which I, I love tech nine. He's one of my favorite rappers. I think he is the most, uh, technically lyrically skilled rapper ever. I think if you look at yeah. what he's able to do and the rhyme schemes he's able to come up with and, and just everything he does, and he's been doing it for over 20 years. That's the thing too, is like, mm -hmm. I think some people are just discovering artists like that. Now Nas has Nas just dropped a new record and it's, he's been doing this for 30 years. Nas is my number one. He's my goat. Um, he's who I started with. He's who I've been with this whole time. If you listen to enough of my music, you'll hear that, especially in the more boom bap 
stuff that I do because I kind of grew up on like Midwest hip hop, Chicago, Common, Nas, Lupe Fiasco, obviously Eminem, Royce to Five Nine, uh, Proof, D12, like all of that. And so you'll hear that a lot and it's not intentional. It's just, it, that's my influence is that that's what comes out. Um, but, uh, it's just, it's, I think sometimes people compare you as a diss. And then I think sometimes people compare you as a compliment in that video. I can't even tell you how many, like once I hit about a hundred thousand views, uh, the hate comments just started pouring in and people saying like, uh, Eminem fans, Eminem wannabe, NF wannabe, you're not Joyner Lucas, you're not, you're not so and so or whatever. And I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not trying to be, you know? And I, I actually, I don't know if you saw the follow up video that I posted, um, using the hate comments to make a verse. Uh, if you haven't oh, seen I that did, yet, yes. yeah. So, I did. so like that's kind of when I was younger and, and I don't even mean like way younger, like even five years ago, comments like that would have destroyed me. And I would have been like, I, I don't want to do this anymore. Now I just use it as fuel, you know? And, and it's one of those things where because of my personality, because of my background, like I came from, my, my mother was very emotionally and verbally abusive to me. And, um, there was a lot of that that was in my, my previous marriage. And, um, so that, that that comes out a lot, and um, it, it it it's something that I used to struggle with because the way that people would treat me and hate on me is stuff that I dealt with, like in my own personal life. So it's like, oh, maybe they were right. Maybe I do suck. Maybe this is a waste of my time. Maybe I am never going to be anything. And over the last like year and a half, especially, I've kind of gotten to the point where it's like, you know what? maybe I'm not ever on billboard, you know, maybe I'm not ever touring the world and, and touring 250 dates out of the year or anything like that. But on a regular basis, I get people that message me and say, your song saved my life or your song helped get me through this week or whatever. And like, that's all I fucking care about. Like at the end of the day, at this point, when you're young, you want to be famous, right? Now I want to make the music that I want to make. And if something happens, if something pops off and I do get to to really live that dream to the fullest. That's amazing. If it doesn't, I still know that what I'm making has a purpose and it's, and it's, it's helping people. Um, and, and it's something that, that is meaningful. And maybe that's just because I'm getting older and I'm kind of settling into this like maturity a little bit more, but it's, and, and that's not to say that hate comments still don't hurt. Sometimes some people say things that are just really heinous and, and, and they, they may not know that they're pinching a nerve, but they are. And, and those are hard sometimes. But, um, yeah. at the end of the day, I have a hundred people telling me I'm amazing versus the one that's telling me that I suck. And to be honest, I try not to really listen to either because if I listen to the hundred, then I'm going to get this big head and I'm going to think I'm the shit. And, and now all of a sudden I have completely lost all humility. And if I listen to all the other people, I wouldn't be making music anymore. So it, right. it's, it's just kind of Gary V talks about that all the time. He says, fuck the haters, fuck the people who love you because, and, and that's not to say, don't be appreciative of the people that love you. Cause you absolutely have to do and that have to. And that's part of humility is being grateful for where you're at and grateful for the people that, that love what you do because they make it possible for you to do what you do. Um, but the moment you start listening to the love is the moment you start listening to the hate because then you, 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 you can't really do both. You either have to do none right. or both. And so that's kind of where I'm trying to settle into is like, be, be grateful for the good, try to let the, the bad roll off and just do what I do. And, um, 
try to kind of block out that noise sometimes. So a couple things now, when you were kind of saying, you know, people would compare you to say Lincoln Park or compare you to NF. Now the thing, like someone like NF, you know, and Eminem, they can rap, but they can also sing, but you could still hear that that rap tone in their voice, you know, same with MGK, even when he makes his punk music, you could still like tell, like he's still a rapper at heart, but you are able to separate it into two different genres. And that is a skill. I don't think very many people have, and it's, you know, I would say someone that I can think can come close maybe is like Fred Durst. You know, he can rap a little bit, Uh, but he definitely has that metal tone to him. But I think that's what separates you from that. I think a lot of the new metal POD is Sonny. I I think Sonny's the same way. Sonny can sing and Sonny can rap. Like there's, I think that's, I think that's something that like, I think new Mm. metal gets shit on a lot because to be honest, I think it was way ahead of its time. Like if you still go back and listen to Meteora or hybrid theory, like those records hold up so incredibly well. Um, if you go back and listen to like satellite by POD, like those, those early two thousands, late 1990s, new metal records. I feel like, I feel like the world wasn't really ready for it the way that like they should have been. And they definitely like grabbed their niche crowd. But I mean, you've got, you've got bands now that are starting to incorporate things like that, like I prevail and, and some of those like hardcore bands that are now kind of incorporating the rap a little bit into it. And I've even seen some bands on TikTok that are like straight up just rapping and, and, and singing. But I think what I like about myself and what I'm able to make is I am full blown a rapper and I'm full blown a singer. So when I rap on a track, it doesn't sound like, I don't think I sound like a white guy trying to rap. Like you can tell that I'm a white rapper, but I think you can also tell that I, have an appreciation and, and I know hip hop yeah. history and culture. Whereas I think that there are some, uh, who don't like, they don't appreciate like all of that. Like, I mean, I grew up on, on like RZA and black thought and like th- there's, there's, there's uh, the, the rappers that I grew up with are, I mean, big pun and, and like the, the, there's, there's so much hip hop history. And I feel like, especially the current generation, which like, I'm not in that anymore. You know, like I'm not in the current generation. I'm an old man as far Mm -hmm. as the music industry is concerned. Like if you're, I mean, look at Billie Eilish. She was 16 when she started off. And now you've got Tate McRae who was 17 when she started off and Kid Leroy, who was 17 when he had his first big record with Justin Bieber. And like, I'm double their age. (laughs) Like I'm, I, I'm not, young, but I think that my experience and, and the stuff that I grew up on has made me into a more well-rounded, um, both rapper and singer. And I think I'm blessed. I mean, I, I've worked hard. I've worked hard at writing. I've worked hard at becoming a better writer. I've worked hard at becoming a better, uh, writing hooks, writing verses, writing melodies, writing, um, rhyme schemes and different flows and, and cadences. Like I've, that's practice. Like I, people ask me if I listen to a lot of hip hop and I'm like, I do, but it's more yeah. like I'm studying. Like anytime, anytime a new rapper drops a new record that I love, like Nas or Whit Lowry or what have you. And I listen to it. I usually listen to it once to enjoy it. And then I listen to it again and I focus on, 
okay, what are they doing instrumentally here? Uh, how is how are how are they rhyming words together? Are they actually rhyming, or are they taking something like um, second and rhyming it with forget? Which, if you say those two words together, it doesn't sound like they rhyme. But if you put them in the right way, that's oh, yeah. what Eminem is so great at: is bending words and making things that don't rhyme rhyme. And that's something that I study, and so I think that that has helped me a lot. And I think, like to be honest. I I've just been blessed with like the abilities that I've been naturally given. Um, I mean, not to say that like, like I've obviously I was a vocal major, so I've taken vocal training and vocal lessons and things. And I've, I've learned how to use my voice properly. I think a lot of times singers will try to do things that their voice isn't meant for. And that's something that I think I did when I was younger. And I think that as I've kind of learned what my voice can do, I've started tapering what I do to my voice. So what I do sounds really good because I'm doing it for my voice. I can't go out here and sing, um, something that Adele would sing. Like, I don't have that kind of a voice. I don't have that range. I don't have that power, but I've got pretty good range and I have a lot of emotion. And, and that's what people tell me all the time is like, I can feel the emotion in both the rapping and the singing. And that's because it's real for me. I'm not, not writing some bullshit pop song to get on top 40. Like the songs I write mean something to me. And I think that that comes across in the delivery of those things. Yeah. And to rewind a little bit, I wanted to say this earlier, but when you were talking about the trolls, you know, and saying, you know, comparing you to someone like NF or Eminem or whoever the case, but to me, that's not an insult. You know what I mean? Like if, if you could be compared to someone that talented and who's made it and done so well, like you make, those guys are making fools of themselves. Like you're really complimenting them. You know what I mean? And, (laughs) and also I believe, you know, you have almost 70,000 followers. So I believe, you know, you probably have one hater for every one to 500 fans. You know what I mean? And that's, that, that ratio is, I mean, you're talking a 0.001%, you know, and it's, that's amazing, you know, like, and and that's what I had to learn too. And you and I, it's funny, you just told this, this story, but we can, I could tell we both have these creative minds because people ask me all I do now, and it's the last two years of my life. And I can't believe I even do this, but I literally in my car, just listen to podcasts nonstop. And people Mm, were like, how can you do that all the time? And I'm like, I, I think like at the time, I'm like, I think I'm enjoying it, but really it's homework. Like I'm, I'm listening yeah. to these successful mm-hmm. podcasts and I'm like, okay, what are they yeah. doing differently? You know how I could tell, you know, their quality is really good. I got to look up what they're doing or what mm-hmm. mics are using or what headsets are using yeah. or what, you know? So it's the same, like I do that same exact thing. And I think that's just someone who is passionate about what they love doing is you're going to, you're going to automatically look at other people that have succeeded in what you are trying to do to make yourself better, you know? And, and I think yeah. what you are doing is great and I'm, I'm super excited for you. I mean, like I said, <laughs> I cannot believe I just now discovered you on TikTok. And how long have you been on TikTok now? About three years. Three. Okay. Yeah. So I, not, not since the inception, but, and, and, and I've had phases. So I started on TikTok in 2019 
And I did it a little bit, you know, I didn't really know what I was doing. I would post a video once, twice a week and, uh, it, it just, nothing was happening. I, like I was lucky if I was getting a hundred views and I was like, this is dumb. <laughs> so I quit yeah. and I, I did that for like four months. And then, um, people started sending me TikToks, like funny TikToks and stuff like that. And they're like, you got to get TikTok back. And I was like, all right, whatever. So I got it back. Same thing. Did it for about four or five months. Nothing happened. And I was like, this is, this is stupid. So the beginning of 2020, um, which obviously like COVID hit. So I, I had started kind of posting stuff every once in a while. And then I kind of stopped posting and I was just like one of the people that was watching and I was laughing and sending videos and stuff like that. And then, uh, I, I started actually like putting music out like on Spotify, putting it on streaming services, things like that. And at that point I was like, all right, I need to, this is a tool. You know, I, I need to use this as a tool. And I, I brought him up earlier, but Gary V is, is I fucking love Gary V. I think he's brilliant. I think he says some stuff that's way out there, but I think he has a lot of good insight and stuff. And, and to be honest, like I, I had been listening to the Gary V experience and he just kept talking about TikTok for musicians. Um, you know, he, he was, he was getting rappers on his show that he was talking to. And he was like, you have to, you have to start getting on TikTok. That is going to be the next thing for artists. And now you look at it now and how many artists have blown up because of TikTok and are now on top 40 on radio stations doing their dream because they had a video go viral on TikTok and Republic Records saw it or whatever. And, and so I, at the time I was like, all right, I need to kind of get with the program a little bit. And the first video that really took off for me was literally a 15 second. I say I don't freestyle and I really don't, but like I can drop small segments. I just can't like, I can't little dicky it. I can't juice world it. I can't do a full blown, like two, three minute freestyle or anything. But, um, this guy, Ricky desktop, who's a producer posted, I don't know if you remember the banjo beat, uh, that like blew up for a while in 2020. Maybe I'd have to hear it was this beat. It had like 5 million uses that people were just using for various different things. Uh, but the original video he posted was he was asking people to like rap on it. So I just dropped, I was literally, I was visiting my cousin in Washington and I'm sitting at the table and I'm just like, like sitting at the table by myself and I saw the video and I'm like, all right, I'm just going to duet this real quick. And so I did the duet and I just like did this 15 second freestyle. And at the time I had 250 followers. Like I, I didn't really have anybody. I wasn't really getting any views or anything. And that video blew up and had 70,000 views. And it was the first video that I had that, I mean, I think there's a lot of people that wouldn't necessarily consider that viral, but I do like, I think it, it's semi-viral. It was enough to take me from 250 followers to 5,000 in a week and a half. Yeah. So that's, that's to me, like, I think that's viral. And then, um, I I've kind of just gone through phases where, um, I don't get a whole lot of traction for three or four months. And then I have another song that blows, you know, like this, I have this Dax one that blew. And the last one that I had that blew was back in June. So it's been six months since I had a video really blow up. Uh, and, and so I've learned that it's a long game and that even though I might have videos that only get 250 views or 500 views or 2000 views, if I keep working hard and putting in the work, I'm going to get stuff like this where like Dax is posting me on my video on Dax's page is 1.7 million views. Like, like that's not on my page, 
but that's 1.7 million times that my video has been watched. And, and on my page, it's got almost 380,000. Um, it's by far my, my highest viewed video. Uh, and the thing that I'm most proud of, and I think what my biggest flex is, is that every video I've had that's gone viral has been a music video. And I think that a lot of TikTokers and especially musicians are trying so hard to build their audience and trying so hard to get followers that they post stuff that they, they post a funny duet or a funny video or a reaction video or something like that. And that video blows up and they get however many followers. But those people aren't following you for your music. Those people are following you because they thought you posted a funny video and that's the kind of content they're going to expect. Right. So when you post about your music, they're not going to give a shit about it because that's not why they followed you. And for me, I have almost 70,000 people that follow me for my music. That's why they follow me. Every time I go through stretch, I had 53.5 thousand followers before that Dax video. I've gotten almost 15,000 followers from that one video and all of them are following me because I made a video doing music. Yep. I'm one of them. And I'm proud of that. Yeah. And, and I would rather have 70,000 followers that are people that are following me for what I do and what my passion is than 700,000 followers because I had a video pop off with 5 million views that has nothing to do with what I actually right. want to do. Um, and those 70,000 people that wasn't just in one go either. That's three years of, of working and putting out regular content and gradually, from time to time, I'll get a 10 to 15 K boost, but a lot of times it's hundred, 200, 300, 500, whatever. It's very slow and gradual. And, and I'm okay with that because I know that these people are following me because they want to follow me. And it's now gotten to the point where people fuck with whatever I do. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if I put out a pop punk record. It doesn't matter if people don't like pop punk. Like I have rappers that are commenting on my pop punk videos. Like, holy shit, this is dope. And I have emo kids that are commenting on my rap videos. Like, I don't even like rap, but this is fucking fire. And it's like, I think, I think I've created an environment and an atmosphere on my page where like, first of all, everybody's accepted, right? Like I'm a 33 year old pansexual man who just came out of the closet last year because I grew up in a super constricted, restricted, judgmental church background and wasn't really able to be who I am. And so like, I, I'm all about inclusion and acceptance and, and everybody deserves to be loved. And like, I don't really know what my purpose is in life beyond just loving people and making sure that they feel valued and cared for and, and worthy because I never felt like that growing up. And I don't ever want anybody else to feel like that again. Yeah. And I don't, and, and, and I don't care if you have two followers and you comment on my video, if you comment something and you say something nice, I'm going to comment back and tell you, thank you, because I appreciate that. And because I want you to know that you're seen. And when I have a video like the Dax that blows up, I can't comment back on everybody. It's, it's literally impossible, but I try my best. And, and it's important to me to do that because there have been times when I was younger and I had something happen. Like I, I, I had a, a guitar player of a band that I was at a show, throw their pick to me and like throw it directly to me. And it's like, that's fucking cool. Like I, I still remember that that happened when I was 16. I still remember that moment and like things like that. You never know what kind of effect that's going to have on somebody's life. That kid who has two followers, no profile picture, but loved what I did and commented on that he may have thought about killing himself that mm -hmm. night. And the fact that I commented back made him feel like somebody gave a shit about him. And if that's all I'm here for, then I don't, that, then that's fine. Yeah. You know, I, I, 
I, I just want people to feel loved. And I think I've created that atmosphere on my page, which is why I don't, I get a lot of haters, but they're all like cookie cutter haters. They're not like people being like aggressively hateful. They're just like trolls for the most part. And when that does happen, I block and I remove them. I don't, I, I, there have been times where I've, where I've definitely entertained trolls more than I should. And especially happened like as I was younger and even like two years ago, like, but I'm growing as a person. And so that's something that like, I'm, I'm trying to, to be better at because I want to be a better person because if you spew hate at me and I spew hate back at you, what am I? Like, I'm, I'm just you. Like I, I, I don't, I'm not any better than you now, like that video that I made, I might take your comments and turn it into a song, but I'm doing that because I'm making light of the situation. You know, like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to come at your face and say like, you're worthless. You suck. Like, no, that's, that's yeah. terrible. Um, but I, I, I just, I love my, my followers. I love the people, my dedicated followers, especially like the ones that come into my lives, the one that comment on all my videos, like there's just this atmosphere of family with, with, with my followers and with my fans. And I love that. And I, and I, I would not trade that. Like I would not trade what I have with 70,000 for a million who are just like random people. Like I know my followers, like I, when I see them in my comments, I know their names. I've interacted with them. I've had conversations in lives or I've had conversations in comment threads. And like, I had a guy in my life yesterday that came in my life for the first time in a long time. He said that he broke his hand and then he came into my life today and he said, he's at the doctor. And I said, Oh, are you in there for your hand? How's it doing? Like, that's the kind of stuff that matters yeah. in life. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like, I don't care if I have a billboard number one song. Like I give a shit about the people that follow me because I know you don't have to. You don't have to listen to me. You don't have to care about what I do, but you do. And I care about you in return. And I think that that that's created this environment. That's just a really opening and welcome. Um, and my followers are all that way too. Right. You know, like I've cultivated that amongst my followers. So my followers are very inclusive and accepting and loving and encouraging. And I love it when like there's comment threads of someone commenting on my video and maybe saying something like, um, this is how I feel and I don't know what to do about it. And then I have one of my other followers comment on their video and encourage them. And it's just like, that's fucking cool. Yeah. Like the fact that like two people that don't know each other, but they're on the same post because they're on my page. Now one's encouraging the other and like lifting them up. And I, I just think that's like the coolest thing. It's something different when you know how much work you've put into something and then someone appreciates the work you've put into it, you know, you automatically feel that connection between that other person because it's almost like you shared the experience together because they appreciate it so much and you've put so much blood, sweat and tears into it. And it's, it's just a magical thing, you know? And, and another, for sure, another thing you talked about and, I don't, I feel like a lot of people can't have all these skills in one, but you also produce, right? Cause like, <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. And I, and I engineer all my own yeah, music too. So. And that's amazing. <laughs> and, and I guess what I'm wondering is, do you ever see yourself? I mean, I, I, I'm guessing you will always be an artist, but do you ever see yourself going to the producing side? Like, do you enjoy producing as much as you do performing music? So like, I don't know that I've really like talked about this publicly. 
uh, I talk about it with my girlfriend all the time, but like my dream would be to just be a producer and engineer full time, have a studio that's either it, like in my house or that's close to where I live. And uh, honestly, like be able to set my own schedule, be able to work with people that I love their music, that I want to take their vision for what they have with a song and make that be a reality and be able to be with my family. Cause that's the thing is like, there's a big distinction between Dr. Dre who produces all this stuff and Eminem who's on the road 300 days mm-hmm. a year. Like I'm 33, almost 33 years old. You know, I'm, I'm in a, in a long-term relationship, um, who she has kids and I love those kids and they've become mine. Like I, I love them as if they were mine. Uh, I don't want to be on the road 300 days a year. I don't want to be on the road 200 days a year. I, I want to be able to spend time and watch them grow up. I want to be able to spend time and, and grow old with her. Like, you know, like I, I want, I want to like have a, a full life and, and, and enjoy those things. I don't want to miss birthdays. I don't want to miss graduations. I don't want to do that. Cause I've heard so many stories from older artists that have these, like these, these just heartbreaking stories of like, I, I, I missed my daughter's 16th birthday because I was out on the road and that's something I'm never going to be able to get back. In fact, I hear it from comedians too. Um, uh, Bert Kreischer and, um, Tom Segura are two of my favorite Absolutely. comedians and, and I'm a, I'm a big comedy guy too. and, um, they, uh, I think it was Bert and, um, they had another guy on and it was a comedian that's like kind of starting to get more notoriety. Like he just put out his first Netflix special and he's like starting to gain this momentum. What was it? Uh, and he was talking about, is it, um, it was Chris. Oh, um, Chris. The, it was the guy who does the show with Sal Volcano. Um, the Hey Babe. Uh, it's, it's the, I can't, re- I can't think of his name off the top of my head. I was thinking but, of Vaughn. Um, um, no, but Theo Theo Vaughn is great. Like he, he's, they've had those conversations. I feel like they have those conversations a lot on their show. Anytime they have guests on, on two bears, but, uh, they were just, they, and Bert has talked about this. He's like, when I was doing comedy five, 10 years ago, I was missing everything. And now I bring my kids and I bring Leanne and I bring them on the road with me and they get to see what I do or they get to spend time with me or I'm home a whole lot more. So I get to spend time with them, but I missed their childhood. And, and I don't want yeah. that, you know, I, I, if, if, if something happens and I blow up or I get a record deal or something like that's something I'm going to have to take into consideration and, and, and weigh, weigh that. But to be honest, like, if you ask me like what my, my goal, my dream is, is to make music, help other people like fulfill their visions and be able to build a life for my family that is fulfilling and enriching and satisfying and, and, and be able to provide for them comfortably. I don't need to be rich. I don't need to drive a, a Bugatti. I don't need to be wearing Louis Vuitton. I don't need any of this stuff. I'm not, I'm not a, uh, a materialistic person, a things, a materialistic kind of person outside of my studio. Yeah. I spend thousands of dollars <laughs> on my shit in my studio, here, but, man. but other than that, you can ask, you can ask my girlfriend, I shit you not. Okay. So this is a funny story. So about a year and ago, a year ago, we're at the mall, my girlfriend, her best friend. And, um, we walk into American Eagle, which I don't usually shop at, but they have like expensive, nice underwear. 
I'm not the kind of guy that's like going to go out and spend 25 bucks on a pair of underwear. Like I, I, I literally, my sister-in-law used to work for Sears and a Christmas, like four or five years ago, she got me this massive pack of like 50 boxers from Gildan, which is like the cheapest, shittiest <laughs> boxers you can get. And I'm just like, it does the job. It performs the duty. Like I, I, I don't care. And we're, we're sitting there in the store and she's like, you need to get some nice underwear. And I'm like, four pair of underwear is $80. And I'm like, I can't justify that. She's like, you just spent $200 on a microphone. I'm like, yeah, but I can justify <laughs> that. I use that. Like I, that's something that like has a purpose, like underwear. It's just holding my balls yeah. up. Like I don't need, I don't need anything super fancy. Um, and, and it's hard for me. And I, I think a lot of that has to do with like, I didn't grow up with a lot. And I also, um, grew up and was in a relationship where anytime I spent money on myself, I was scrutinized. I was made to feel guilty for spending money on myself. I was made to feel like I'm wasting things. Like I shouldn't be doing those things. And so there's this inherent, um, fear I have of buying stuff for myself now, if it's not music related or something that is related towards, um, like what I'm trying to accomplish because I can justify that. I can write that off as a business expense. I can, I can, I can make that make yeah. sense. I still cannot make spending $25 on a pair of underwear when I can spend 10 and it does the same exactly. thing. I, I can't, I can't justify that. So I'm not about that. I don't need that. Now my girlfriend is boozy, bougie as hell and that's okay. She's beautiful and let her do whatever she wants to do. If she wants to, to, to go to target and load up on stuff or, or go to the mall and get like, I want to be able to, to, to provide enough to like, let her do the things that she wants to do. And, 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 and the things that make her feel beautiful for herself, not for me, not for anybody else, but for herself. And, and if she wants, if she wants to buy makeup or clothes or, or whatever, and that makes her feel good about herself, then that's great. That's all I care about. I want you to love yourself just as much as I love you. Uh, but I don't need that yeah. stuff. But if I can provide that, if I can give the kids a life that I didn't have, you know, and, and that's not saying to spoil them, like, but there's a lot of things that I went without and, and I don't, I don't want them to have that life. You know, I want them to, to, I want them to know that they're loved. I want the, them to know that I care about them, that they're worth doing things for taking them places, traveling, all this kind of stuff. Uh, and, and I think I can do that with 10 grand a month. Like, like if, if I can make 10 grand a month, I make half of that. Now, if I can make 10 grand a month, I'll be set. Yeah. I can take care of my family. I can do what I want to do. I'll have enough money to upgrade equipment when I need to. I'll have enough money to, to get a house that has enough space for a studio. Like, you know, that's, that's what I really am striving for. So the artist thing, I'll always be an artist. You know, I think, I think a lot of, especially in hip hop, a lot of, a lot of artists are like that, you know, like Dr. Dre still jumps on a track from time to time. Snoop Dogg is freaking almost 60 and he's still, he's still making music, but these guys are also producing and they're doing things behind the scenes. And, and Snoop Dogg is, is doing TV shows and doing, um, all this other kind of stuff that Jay-Z is like completely removed himself from the game entirely because he's having more fun and he's doing more as a businessman and owning the, owning the Brooklyn mm -hmm. Nets and, and owning Rockefeller and like all these different things. Like I don't, if I can provide for my family doing something that I love, that's all I care about, you know? And if being an artist does that, then great. If being a producer does that and I can stay home and work in my, my pajamas, then like, that's, that's the dream for me. <laughs> it, it's, this is crazy. I, 
I guess for the listener to hear this, but like, I literally feel like I'm talking to myself. We have like our <laughs> journeys and everything are so similar, man. Like I'm the same way. Like if it has something to do with my equipment, like I won't think twice about buying a super nice microphone, but yeah, I will go to a store and carry around a pair of shoes. And then when I get to the register, I'm like, nah, I'm not going to get these. Oh I- my God. <laughs> God, dude, the number of times I've put something in my cart or I've had something with me and I get to the register and I'm like, I have things I know I need. So I like, I need milk. I need toilet paper. I need whatever. But like, I have this and I'm like, uh, I just leave it on the counter. I'm like, I decided I didn't want this. And it's like, it's not that it's not that I don't want it. It's just, I can't justify it. But that, and here I am, I have my mic and then I have the exact same thing right here that I bought because sometimes my girlfriend's on my podcast and I wanted her to have the same mic that I did. And I can justify that because it's audio equipment and, and it's something that I can do something with, but like your average person, if they, they came in here and saw, like, I have two of the exact same microphone, they're like, why? And I'm like, well, I have, I have reasons I can justify it. But, but then like it's, music and then i collect football jerseys in basketball mm. jerseys that's like my that's like my in hats that's that's my collecting thing um but even that i don't do like i haven't bought a jersey in probably six months i haven't bought a hat in i don't even know how long so it's it's crazy that you say yeah that. <laughs> same thing i literally have so i do my podcast mainly remotely because i talk to people all over the world so to find somebody yeah. i'm in colorado to, to so to find someone okay. locally I mean, it happens sometimes, but not very often, but I, same thing. I have two of the exact same mics. And then I recently just bought another mic because it looks like the old school, like fifties microphone. And I just wanted that mic. Oh, like the silver (laughs) one. Sure. I want one of those so badly. And and I was like, I don't need it at all, but because it's so freaking cool. Like I want it. Like I, uh, but here's the thing. I would look at that. Yeah, I would look at that and I'd be like, I can use this as a prop in videos on TikTok and that's worth something yeah. to me because people are going to look at that and they're going to be like, that microphone is freaking yeah. sick. Like, So yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's just kind of funny, man. Uh, I think that's, um, that is that is the creative artist in us. Like the important things that have to do with what we want to do is what we care about. And, you know, I'm yeah. fine with I swear I had a pair of shoes. Like I don't feel like I go through shoes very often. So I have shoes in my closet that are still in great shape that I've had for like years, five, six, seven years, man. Dude, We really are yeah, the same person. It's crazy. I, I, I don't buy shoes, expensive shoes at all. Like that's not like I, I am a, a wannabe sneakerhead Cause I love same shoes. Here. I, I wish, I wish I could buy all the shoes that I want. And for the first time ever, about a year and a half ago, I bought my first pair of KDs and cause I, I played college basketball and I love basketball and, and stuff. And so, uh, I was like, I've never had like a, a signature pair of shoes. Like I've never had a pair of Jordans. I've never had anything like that. And I, w- I was at the Nike shop and I saw these black and red KDs and I was getting ready to shoot a music video where the color scheme was black and red. And I was like, okay, I can justify that because I'm going to use it in my music video and it matches my outfit. So I'm going to spend the $90 or whatever it is on these KDs. And I haven't bought a pair of shoes since. And I've worn those KDs maybe a dozen yeah. times. <laughs> like, like, I just, I, it's, it's so difficult for me to spend money on stuff that's not being utilized on a regular yeah. basis. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy, man. It's, that's insane. 
I want to know where Architect the Dreamer, where did that name come from? Yeah, so one of my favorite bands is called The Dangerous Summer. Uh, they're kind of a, a post-punk alternative band. And um, they kind of came up around the same time as bands like All Time Low and Mayday Parade and kind of that that early 2000s, mid-2000s emo scene. And that's how they kind of started. And they've kind of matured in their sound over the years to be what I would probably consider more alternative than, than mm-hmm. pop-punk. Um, but I... I got to open for them in 2010, which is a really cool experience. Um, AJ Perdomo, who's the lead singer, is a super cool, super chill guy. And I got to just hang out with him in the green room for a little bit, which was cool, and the band. And um, it just kind of stuck with me, and I and I always loved their music. Uh, that was in 2010. I think they've been around since like 2006, maybe 2007. Um, so they were well-established. They were on a label. They were the, the headlining band for that show that I played. And... I just, I've always loved their music and, um, not to get too deep into it. Cause I want to answer your question, but, uh, 2012, 2013, I became a very heavy addict. I was an alcoholic. I was a popping oxycodone, like it was candy and was a, a pretty serious drug user and, um, attempted suicide via overdose and somehow survived and ended up in rehab. And that's not the part of the story. But when I got out of rehab, uh, they had just dropped the record called Golden Record. And um, it was it was a life changing record for me. It literally saved my life. There were so many times uh, where I got out of rehab and I was just like, I I really do not want to live. And and that record was just so meaningful. And then I just kind of kept following their careers and on um one of their records within the past like five years, they had a song called Luna and there it's a song that he wrote for his daughter. And there's a lyric in it that says, you are the architect to all your dreams. And it was something that just hit me really, really hard because it's this idea of like, your life is what you Mm -hmm. make it. You get to write your own story. You get to decide where your life goes. Other people don't get to determine that for you. Your parents don't get to determine that. Your, your friends don't get to determine that nobody gets to determine that except for you. And that's actually not my, that's not been my artist name the whole time. Like when I was, when I was making Christian hip hop, I used to go by OA was my name. And, uh, there were multiple meanings behind that. The, the simplest of which is I'm a huge comic book fan and the green planet for green lantern is Oa. Um, so like just, it, it, but it was a name that like nobody could discover me. Like you couldn't search me on Spotify. Cause the first thing that would pop up was Oak Ridge boys. Like you, you couldn't cause so many words start with OA, right. like OAR. Like there's, there's so many, you couldn't find me. It was impossible. You couldn't just search me. And, um, it was something that like, I, didn't think about because when I started back up, I was like, this just sounds cool and it's simple. And I think that's also why I got compared to NF a lot is because it was like NF. Oh, okay. it was like two initial, two initial name. And so I kind of got put in that box. And when I went through my separation with my ex-wife, um, a lot in me changed. And I kind of discovered that like the, the faith that I had and the, this religion that I had was something that I was kind of adopting from the people that were in my life. It wasn't as much something that I necessarily believed. It was just kind of like, that's what I grew up with. That's what I've always been around. This must be it. And I never questioned it. 
you know, it was just kind of like, this is the way it is. And then when I, I separated with my ex-wife, I started really like looking inward as to like, what do I believe? And like, do I even think this is like, does this even make sense? Does it make sense for my life? Does it have any bearing on my life and, and all these different things? And, and as I started doing that, the kind of music I was writing was dramatically changing. And I was like, this is OA is not who I am anymore. That's not the artist I am. That's not the kind of music that I'm making. And it was early enough in my career that I didn't have enough of a following to where if I changed my name, it was going to screw me yeah. hard. Like it was, it wasn't, I mean, at that point, I think I had, I think I had about 30,000 followers. Um, but it had peaked out at that for like eight months. I, I, I and I actually stopped the TikTok account that I have now. Uh, I stopped using for most of 2021 and uh it was literally my girlfriend at the end of the year she was like i think you should give your other profile a chance because i was getting videos banned i was getting videos taken down because um, of stupid stuff like i would i would talk about my drug use in a song and it would get banned because i was talking about drugs and it's like it's a song like i'm not not, not out here promoting drugs it's just or or i would have people that would troll me who would report stuff and then it would get taken mm -hmm. down like people that it, it wasn't even anything bad it was just whatever and so i stopped using that profile and i have to give her major props because at the end of last year she's like you have thirty thousand followers i know your account feels like it's dead but i think you need to give it another chance and so i did starting in 2022 i started to do it again i had thirty thousand followers at the beginning of 2022 we're now almost to the end of 2022 and i've more than doubled that that's in a year like i've gotten 38,000 followers. So when you put it in that perspective, it's kind of crazy. But, uh, when I, when I started making different music, I was like, I, I, I'm not away anymore. I, I don't want to be known as that. I don't, I don't want the people who listened to OA to go from super preachy Jesus music to fuck, 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 fuck in the stuff that I was yeah. writing. <laughs> the new stuff that I was writing and it, cause it would, it was such a hard swerve. And, and I think a lot of it was just, I had been pigeonholed into this Christian hip hop thing. And that's just what I felt like I had to make because that was what I had been making, but I wasn't being authentic and true to myself. Um, I, I tell people this a lot, like the songs that I released, even when I was a, a Christian artist, uh, most of those songs were written with explicit language in them. And then I went back in and took that out and modified it and changed it to make it clean because that's how I talk like stream of thought. I, I, I say, fuck, I say shit. Like it's, it, it's just how I speak. It's no different than like, if you say bull crap, I say bullshit. They mean the exact same thing. It doesn't really matter. I don't think, I think words have the power that you give them. I think if you call somebody a jerk and you say it in the wrong way, that's worse than you calling somebody a bitch. Like I think the the way that you deliver it and the tone and the meaning behind it is way more important than what the actual word yeah. is. Uh, but I didn't want, I, I knew that I would lose and I did. I lost a ton of people when I made the switch from Christian to secular. And I knew that I knew that was going to happen. I was prepared for it. So with that, I was like, I'm just going to, 
I'm reinventing myself. I'm going to be this new thing. And I actually, like, I have that, that lyric from that song tattooed on my bicep. And when I was trying to come up with a name, I was literally laying in bed one night and I looked over at my arm and I read it and I was like, you are the architect to all your dreams. And then I was like, I've always been a dreamer, you know, like I I've always been the one that like had these big lofty ideas that were probably unrealistic, but I didn't care because you weren't going to tell me what I couldn't, couldn't do. And then this idea of like being an architect is, 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 is just, I, th- I think we all need to adopt that in our lives. I think if we did, a lot of us would be happy. Yeah, you're a creator. If, I mean, if we started, that's what it is. Yeah. You create. You, but, but everybody sure. is, it doesn't matter. Like I, you might be amazing at doing makeup. Right. You're a fucking yeah. artist, you know, like what you do takes skill and you've practiced and you've learned if you might, you might be a, a, a coder and code video games. That's your mm-hmm. art. That's what you do. Joe Schmo can't code a video game. The fact that you can do that is insane. Yeah. My brother is a, is a computer programmer and he's brilliant. He went to Michigan tech and like dropped out because he got a job working for a startup in San Francisco. Like that's what he does. And that's his thing. And that's, that's great. And that's how he expresses himself. Everything in life is art. If you really think about it, it doesn't matter what it is. Like uh, that's why there's so many books that are called like the art of sales or the art of what, or, or the art of not giving a fuck. Yeah. Like there's like, like, there, like there's th- so many things that are called that. Cause anything can be art depending on what it is because it's how you express yourself. Yeah. Um, and for me, that just happens to be like my brother and I are polar opposites. He is this mathematically, scientifically numbers minded person. And that's great. And it's, and it's built him a successful career with a wife and they just had their first kid. I have a niece now. And like, it, it's awesome, but that's not me. Like I, I have too much in my head and maybe it's all the mental illness, but I have too much in my head <laughs> that I need to get out in some way, whether that's music or or producing or, or helping somebody else create something or, um, drawing or, or, I mean, I've, I've published comic books and like, I, I've done voice acting and like, I, I just like, I like to, to make things. I I like to, to look at something and be like, there was nothing. And now there's this, and I made that happen. Like, that's like the most satisfying thing in the world. And, and the early music I was putting out, I was using other people's stuff. And now I've started using my own stuff a whole lot more. Um, one of my, one of my more popular songs is called underestimated and it's with my buddy bag of tricks cat. Who's an artist from Arizona, Phoenix area. And, um, and then my girl Undy, who she's like my little sister, her and I've been doing tracks together for years now. And she does a hook on that. And it's a boom bat beat that I made. I produced it. And I, I came to bag of tricks cat for the collaboration. And we were like, what kind of a track do we want to make? And he does a lot of that kind of boom bap style stuff. And I was like, I have this track that I, that I made, I called it legend. Um, and it's very, very kind of old school boom bap. And he loved it and we made a track with it. And now it's one of my most popular records. And I did everything on that, you know, like, and and then I've got another song called brand new that I dropped with a couple other artists last year. And again, I produced the beat. I engineered underestimated. We actually had somebody else mix that. Not because I couldn't just because 
bag of tricks cat has a guy that he works with and and it, and it worked out that way but it was great it, it this is a guy that's worked with the game and a guy that's worked wow. with Jadakiss and a guy that's worked with like some really major stuff so i was like i'm not going to be mad that someone else is mixing my song when they've worked with these yeah. people um so that was more of just like a networking connection thing because now now i'm friends with him on facebook and we comment on each other's stuff and like um it's cool but but brand new was one that i did everything for i made the beat from scratch i i wrote all my stuff i wrote my verse i wrote the hook for it um i had jr and jay breezy shout out to them who were on that track with me uh i had them record their stuff send it to me i mixed all of the vocals on it i mixed mastered it did everything i do all my own distribution like i i own all my masters like there nobody owns anything that i've created i own it all and it's really satisfying to be like that's something finished and that was nothing before i started it and there are very few very few professions where i feel like that's a right. thing where you can take something and it be nothing and turn it into something else. Like you may get a piece of it. You can't do that. You may get a piece of it, but so does a hundred other people. Like you're getting to to, to start and finish and complete everything on your own. And that's a huge accomplishment. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you can be an accountant and, and you can be a whiz with numbers, but you're not really creating yeah. anything. Now you might, you might work magic and get your client a ton of money back. And that's awesome. And that's your version of that. But for me, being able to take something from scratch or being able to take a sample or being able to take a four chord melody and then turn that into a full blown, I like I, something that I don't share a lot and I, I don't put out there a lot because there's not a, great application for it, but I love composing. Like I I have so many scores that I've, that I've composed with like certain movies in mind. And one of like, I have a 30 track beat album that I put out, um, about a year and a half, two years ago. And it's just a bunch of instrumentals that I made. And there's one on there that's called replicants. It's like a six and a half minute song. And it's a composition. It's the only one that I've ever put out that I wrote with like Blade Runner in mind. Mm. Blade Runner 2049 had just come out in 2017, 2018, whatever it was. And I was just like, I want to, I want to compose something that I feel like could fit in that movie. And so I put the movie on and I just started like, I put it on mute and I just started like making this composition. And there's something so fun about that versus making a hip hop beat, you know, like everything I do scratches a different itch and I have a lot of itches that I want to scratch. And so I'm going to do that. And it's, it's why I make so many different kinds of music. If you look at my discography, I have hardcore hip hop tracks. I have metal tracks, pop punk tracks. I have piano ballads. I have acoustic songs. I have like anything. I have a country song. I put out this last year. I have a, I like, I I did a, a cover of a country song and turned it into, to a dance beat song like i it doesn't matter like i whatever i feel like making like i just make you know and and it's fun and and that's where i'm at with my music now is like i'm enjoying every new thing that i make because i'm doing what i want to do and i think that a lot of people are like i i I can't do what i want to do because that's selfish and i'm like fucking be selfish this is your Mm -hmm. life like do with it, do with it. Like, don't be a dick, but like when it comes to what you're doing and what you're like putting out in the world, like be selfish. Like if you want to make something, make it, you know, if you want to travel the world, travel the world, like 
whatever you, this life is too short. Like I'm, I'm 33, like average life expectancy is what? 75, yeah. something like that. Like I'm borderline halfway through my life and so much of it's been wasted up to this point. And I'm to the point now where like, I'm not, I'm done wasting my time. I'm going to do the things that make me happy. I'm going to do the things that give me fulfillment and, and satisfaction and, and not shallow fulfillment, not like, Hey, look at this. I've got this, but like, no, like I went to bed at night and I had a full heart because I got to cuddle with my six-year-old and, and watch cartoons for two hours, yeah. you know, like that's the kind of stuff that's like, that's what makes it, it, it worth all that you go yeah. through. So hundred percent. And you know, I, I could talk and go on for hours with you, man. And I feel like you and I could just put a like a four yeah, hour podcast. We, we could. probably could. <laughs> <laughs> But, Maybe we'll have to do a part two at yeah, some point. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I would love to have you back because I think you're definitely on the path to great success. I mean, now that I now that, that people are finally being able to see what you can deliver, it's um you're on your way, and it, it, it's amazing. And and I'm so excited for you. And I guess I appreciate yeah. That, man. And for the listeners, like, where can they find you? You want to plug your stuff? Plug your social media? Where they can find your music? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so on TikTok, I'm at ATD music architect, the dreamer. So just the initials of that ATD music on Instagram, I'm ATD music underscore. Cause somebody took ATD music. Um, and both of those places have, I have a link in my bio where you can find pretty much everything that I'm doing, including my podcast and all that kind of stuff. But, um, as far as things that are, that are happening soon, uh, I have a project called X mutant X. It's an EDM dubstep hip hop project that I'm doing with, uh, two other producers, one called Nitwit and one called Wildebeest. And, um, Wildebeest is a two piece. Nitwit is his own thing. So there's four of us and, and we just like are making fun music together now. And it's, it's, the weirdest band I've ever been in, but I'm like so pumped for it. And, uh, we have our first track called Advil that is dropping on new year's Eve and we're dropping it on new year's Eve because it's a song that needs to go on everybody's new year's Eve playlist. Cause it's a freaking banger and, uh, we're super proud of it. We've spent months working on this first track. Like literally we started working on this. I want to say back in like late September or October. Um, and the verse that is, that I have on there, one of the verses, um, is something that Nitwit has wanted to remix for like six or seven months, and it, the, the things just didn't work out with it. And then a few months ago, he's like, "Hey, I talked to Wildebeest, and I sent him your verse from this, and we want to take that verse." And uh, sorry about that, I had an alarm go off on my phone. Um, we want to take that verse and we want to turn it into a. a, a EDM track. And I was like, okay, I'm down for that. And then as the, the more we talked and the more we collaborated, it was just like, we're all on the same page. Like we all, we all have different strengths. So like Nitwit is an incredible dubstep producer and he can do anything, but he's really good at that. Wildebeest has this crazy, I mean, they, they do live horns and like trumpet and trombone and, and, and all these different things. And they've kind of got this like funk, he's got this funk jazz background, which is not really something you hear in dubstep a mm. whole lot. And then you've got me who's like 
this like super serious rapper and and i'm a producer as well and so it, it it's just kind of cool that we all have our strengths like i do i do trap and hip-hop and boom bap and lo-fi that's what i make and they do this and combining all those things together little influences and little pieces of that it's been really cool and so the track is called advil the um pre-save for that is in the bio on both of my social medias um so if anybody wants to go out there and, and pre-save that it drops on december uh, 31st and then i have two tracks dropping at the beginning of the year um one called idk with my boy metallic alec which is going to drop on uh january 11th and then um, a track called nightmare, uh, which is just myself. And that's going to drop on, uh, February 3rd. So those are the things that I have lined up that I can talk about at the moment. I have a lot of other things in the bag, but nothing that I'm really announcing yet. But yeah, if you guys want to checking out my socials is the best place because that's where I do everything. Probably TikTok more than Instagram, but I've been on Instagram a whole lot more, um, lately, especially since that video that blew up in June, I've got 20 plus thousand followers on Instagram oh, wow. now too, which is incredibly yeah. difficult on Instagram to get that kind of followers. So, um, that's where, that's where I do everything. I go live on TikTok regularly during my lunch break at work. My day job is it. I fix computers for a living. So like, um, it, it's just the best place for people to get to know me and to find all of my stuff. Um, I have a podcast called the Yankee Hoser show. It's a, ridiculous uh comedy podcast where me and one of my best friends mikey uh just talk about random shit we ask each other weird would you rather questions we talk about weird ass things in the news our episode this last week we found an article from germany where uh a bunch of thieves stole 60 uh tubs of bull sperm <laughs> and we're selling it on the black market and it's just like the most absurd ridiculous degenerate stuff but it's just two best friends having fun with each other and laughing and um my camera really just doesn't want to stay in focus um but yeah so that's called the yankee hoser show you can find that everywhere uh we do video and audio um so you can find us on youtube and then we're streaming on on all platforms so those are kind of the the things and the projects that i have and all of those can be found on my social media awesome so. <laughs> awesome yeah this, i'm so excited for you and this has been so much fun and I, i'm really excited for part two because i think it needs to happen you know whether it's uh here in the next I'm so out of focus right now. <laughs> I don't think you're that bad. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> there it goes. Oh, there I go. Now I'm in focus again. <laughs> well, I really appreciate uh, but, you taking yeah. the time and having a chat with me and we'll definitely keep in touch. For sure, and, man. Uh, I feel like we're yeah, friends for now. Sure. <laughs> for sure. Like eventually we're going to collaborate on um, something. That'd be great. Cool. For sure. For sure. We'll have to have you, we'll have to have you as a guest on our podcast oh. sometime and you can like, you can let your freak flag for, I would fly. love it. I would absolutely <laughs> love it. There's so much I like refrain from doing on this podcast that I wouldn't mind letting loose. I, and I apologize if I cursed oh, no. way too Cursing's much. Completely allowed on that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. <laughs> we didn't talk about that beforehand. And then we got halfway through the show and I was like, I've said, fuck. Yeah. And, that, and that's completely fine. Completely fine. <laughs> Well, right on. Well, <laughs> oh, good meeting good. you. Good talking to you, and and we you will too, talk man. soon. Yeah. All right, man. You have a good one. with Kevin Hughes. Boom! What did I tell you? Such a fucking cool dude, and 
oh, I'm telling you, okay, now that you've finished this episode, you really have to go look him up. It was absolutely fucking crazy that he can just spit the way he does. And, and the voice he has on him when he sings is just incredible, too. And like he said, you can find him on YouTube. You can find him on Instagram, TikTok. I mean, look him up. At least, at least for the sake of just hearing it one time. If it's not your thing, that's fine. But, I mean, if you have any appreciation for the art of rap or rock, like this guy is definitely going places. So, what a fun episode. And as always, I'm going to have another fantastic guest next week. And if I don't see you, you guys, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Thank you all. Bye-bye now.